2: Who was your favorite Scotty Too Hotty or Grandmaster Sexy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're real people.
2: They're real people. We're going to use this as the opening to the podcast. They were real people. They were old WWF wrestlers. I think they might have both passed away by now. But there were two dudes, Scotty Too Hotty and Grandmaster Sexy. And Scotty Too Hotty did the worm. I know I'm speaking a weird language right now. But Scotty Too Hotty did the worm. He would run around the ring. He would do that thing where they flop on their bellies. Not and they, but Like humans the do, yeah. yeah, yeah, familiar with the worm, mm-hmm. and he would do like a big arm drop, and they were like, they were, they were all the rage, mate. Remember yeah. bucket hats? You was pull them off like nobody's business.
3: I'm I'm, I'm kind of confused. That Scotty Too Hot. He wasn't called like something like the Worm. If it's if his mm. whole thing was doing the Worm, you could you could have capitalized on it, you know, because you know the Scott, wriggler. You're not worming all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Never be worming all the time. Um, speaking of worming all the time, this is the wind-up podcast. I'm Scott Tilford. That's you Ewan Patterson. Hello. Joining in, filling in a little bit for Josh Brown as he spends some time at home. All the love sent to Josh Brown. Hope he's doing well if he's listening to this podcast. Um, but we thought we'd do a roundup of uh, news stories, talking points in the gaming industry, as well as things that we're both playing. But the majority of us will be gaming news things because there's lots of stuff going on, Ewan. Tons of things. There's the resurrection of Titanfall. There's Spider-Man 2 things. Ah. There's tons of stuff, but we're going to talk about stuff that we're playing first because you, you've dove in to TMNT Shredder's Revenge and before we... Oh sorry, the DLC for Shredder's Revenge. But before we go into that, I just want to quickly say that that game is one of the best, shiniest gems of the last few years. It's, and It's amazing. It's kind of perfect. It's one of the best things ever made.
3: Yeah, no, it's a great time. I mean, when it came out last year, I think I literally played it for like two hours. I completed the mm. story and then I put it aside for ages, which was really dumb because that (laughs) game goes deeper than I think I realized at the time. Right. Uh, But I was always looking forward to the Dimension Shell Shock thing because I'm a big Usagi Jimbo guy. Like I love the Turtles comics, but I love that I was, I grew up with the 2003 Turtles cartoon, which had like an even more banging theme. You know know way more more
2: about these Turtles than I do. People like
3: the 1987 show, the 2003 show is kind of like, was really like edgy and like kind of Mm. like, kind of took more from the original comics and the 1990 movie, which again, really great movie mm-hmm. Watch it, mm-hmm. if you haven't already is that the one um, with the, the
2: human suits yes it's right. great
3: I love yep. that movie um, but yeah so Usagi Ujimbo w- had a cameo mm-hmm. in that show and, there was, and he's a samurai rabbit created by an artist called Stan Sakai and he had like a long running series um, it's all about um, this samurai rodent uh, who is a rabbit in this anthropomorphic version of feudal Japan mm-hmm. uh, and I was like okay Usagi's great and then in the years since I've gone and read on a bunch of Usagi comics and then when they did Shredder's Revenge I was like ah they should totally put Usagi <laughs> in this game because it would be great. And when they announced Usagi we could be in the game. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. So I've been playing it. I've been playing the crap out of Usagi Mm -hmm. Ujimbo uh, and it's basically like a horde mode but Mm -hmm. you get like different crystals and you get more unlocks and you basically make it to the end. You have to fight Shredder and then after that you uh, do a whole thing where you can do it over and over again. So it's mm-hmm. quite like a basic horde mode. I've just been playing it with my partner mm-hmm. and, and it's just really fun. It's beautiful. it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The music is fantastic. Usagi is great. Mm-hmm. I'm having mm-hmm. a great time.
2: Shout out to T Lopes. That um, that game's soundtrack was my album of the year last year. I know other actual like music albums came out,
3: Mike but Patton, I didn't care. Mike Patton did a, did a TMNT theme. Yeah. It's great.
2: There's a rap. There's all sorts of stuff in that soundtrack. I think with um, Sidescroll and brawler stuff it always gets to me when I can't line up with the enemies properly
3: yeah no we've been TMT TMNT been does it <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah TMNT does it way better than most most games do because I remember trying to play Mother Russia Bleeds which is like a thing from a few years ago but it was like a really brutal gritty side scroller um, and I like the genre like I love um, I'm blanking on the name Streets of Rage and the Scott Pilgrim uh, Pilgrim game and everything but TMNT I thought actually finally got it right and it is just pick up and play just go for it and I like when people online match with you and drop in and then you just sort of you are the full turtles for a bit and it's like they nailed the feel in a way that I think most of the uh, entries in the genre don't.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, I, w- I really want to go back onto Scott Pilgrim again because mm. I remember getting that when it came out like ten years ago, thirteen years ago. Yeah, they like re-released it. Um, See, so yeah, they did a remaster, so yeah, I would know, show my partner that as well because she's mm-hmm. having a fun time with that. And there's also a new Broforce update. That
2: yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, I played so, a little bit of it. Yeah, it felt the same. Like I mean, I remember Broforce really well. Mm-hmm. That game's really fun and it was awesome in like 2014. And then it's kind of just that again.
3: I love the novelty of just playing. Like, people probably think that Broforce is really dated, but objectively, (laughs) Ram Bro is very funny to say out loud.
2: Very true. Ram Bro, there's like Neo or Nebro Bro, whatever he's called. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of them. But um, Force is doing pretty well. In terms of um, things that I want to throw in that I'm playing, F-Zero... I mean, I'm playing everything. I'm playing everything, You and Baldur's Gate 3, Dead just Space. looked in. Finished Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, settings. I can't get enough of it. But I want to throw in um, F-Zero 99, um, which is the Battle Royale... Only Nintendo would think of this. And I quite like the idea that they're taking uh, modern game ideas, modern multiplayer game ideas, and putting them into classic titles. that like We had Tetris 99, we had Mario 35, where you had a whole bunch of Marios running through the levels all at once. And now we have 100 people playing F-Zero... At once, about 99 people playing all at once, and I just love it. I love it. It's the only battle royale I'm ever going to care about is like something more novel than just can you survive in a field with a lot of people. So, this is great.
3: You described it to me as like a gravity rush style thing the other week, I think, was it? Or is it a uh, completely different thing? Might be a different
2: thing. Yeah. There's um, you fly, it's like um, it's wipeout style, wipeout, so it's, that's what I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cars, yeah. which yeah, is yeah. all that's floating cool. cars, but yes. um, yeah, so F Zero, obviously, you know, iconic um, spaceship racing game type thing, but they've added so many cool little mechanics, um, spin attacks, charge attacks, um, this like a uh, highway that appears over the level if you collect another enough pieces from other um, players that have been hit into and you can fly over everybody so you kind of there's a bit of tactics to it you're going to hang like back like
3: Anakin Skywalker in The Fat and Menace when he goes <laughs> over the bit and jumps over Sebulba
2: yes this is F-Zeroing and fly over everybody but I like all the things that they've put in like that and there's, a, there's like a melee move where you can blow other players up and because it's Battle it's Royale it. you know you just took them out of the race um, but yeah it's very chaotic and very ridiculous and I want people to support it so we get an actual F-Zero does
3: it like when you have that many people in the in the race? Is it a bit like a crazy traffic jam? It's because insanity. That's kind of what I want. I love,
2: because that's the thing, they've gone back to the guts of F-Zero and they, they haven't just added this like, you know, arbitrary mode. They've really thought it through. There's like customization you can unlock. There's no microtransactions in sight. It's all just through leveling up. Every race that you do, um, it designates rivals for you. So if you actually finish a race, if you manage to not get blown up, um, the two people above you and the two people below will be your rivals. And then um, if you do like a subsequent race, it'll give you XP and stuff based on whether you did better than your rivals in the- the next race, hmm. um, you're always getting tickets for the Grand Prix mode, which is like the more ranked mode, but it's just next excuse to just keep racing all the time. But I love at the very beginning because obviously you have 99 races that are going to be forced onto these tiny tracks that were never meant for that many people. Um, at the very beginning, you're all in one big row and you don't have any boost, so everyone's just the, like from the same other you know, boost off the starting blocks or whatever. And when you get to the track, that's when everything just gets to complete carnage. But you can try and get ahead or you can hang back but, and, and that then first figure it all out. Bit,
3: do you lean out the window and yell obscenities at you? You're like <laughs>
2: I try and do a little spit attack thing, but you can't you can't get it too far ahead of them. Um, but yeah, F zero ninety nine just as a little random thing. I don't think anyone saw coming. If you have a switch and you have switch online, um, it's worth just playing that. Um, but let's dive into some gaming news because there's lots of stuff doing the rounds, and we both we both watched the state of play that was whatever day that was on across the last few days.
1: It all blows let's together in my yeah. Party.
2: In my Mortal Kombat mind. But I thought we'd talk a bit about Spider-Man 2, because that was obviously one of the big show stealers in the, sh- in the showcase anyway. Um, and we've got some quotes and stuff from Insomniac themselves. Uh, firstly, saying that the game's length will apparently be the same as the original. It's directly according to them. Um, and then from Insomniac's Mike Fitzgerald, um, he's been talking to IGN about the game's performance, and it's going to have 30, 40, and 60 FPS options, all with ray tracing. He said that they've figured out how to deliver what they feel is the right Spider-Man visuals, and they want to make sure every player is seeing that. No mode of this game has ray tracing turned off there's no need for it i'm hyped that's that's kind of fascinating if
3: they've managed to crack that that's so cool because i always skew for the the if i've got not the option Mm -hmm. i always go for performance with ray tracing Mm -hmm. you know because i do now yeah yeah the best with both worlds Mm -hmm. but yeah if they've managed to make that work and like there's no like i'm still seeing in some of the gameplay snippets that the occasional stutter. yeah um but nothing like egregious, and you know, if they can get that working in that gigantic open world, then <laughs> I'm very excited. What did you think
2: of the, uh, what they showed so far? Is that more wingsuit yeah, no, stuff?
3: that's really good. I think I, it's kind of crept up on me, how mm. excited I am for this, because I've been on a big Marvel burnout period for Same. a while now, but I adore that last game. Miles Morales, Morales was class as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this sequel is basically delivering everything that I think we wanted it to in terms of, you wanted Brooklyn and Queens bam, you wanted squidgy black suit, bam, uh, and-, and you want web
2: wings? Yeah, bam. web
3: wings, oh, it's such a big win for the web You and wings Josh crap. shouting out the web wings. I know, exactly, and yeah, the, the gameplay itself, and like, it just looks fantastic, and the level of costumes as well, I'm just gonna be a Spider-Man fashionista just going through all those.
2: <laughs> well, did the, those costumes, I think me and you have already talked about this like, outside of recording stuff, I feel like you can really tell which ones have been added to the game and which ones are legacy costumes. Yeah, I
3: think there's the, the newer ones have that kind of Gotham Knights over-designed kind of vibe to them. And again, I'm not <laughs> shooting on Gotham Knights. I was a big Gotham Knights some good fan. Drip. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the ones that have been specifically designed for the game, which have been designed by, you know, actual mainstream Marvel mm. artists, I should say, who mm-hmm. are right, uh, doing art for the comics. Um, yeah, they just look... There's just too much detail and stuff on them. I'd rather play something that is a bit older and is a little bit more refined. That's why the advanced suit redesign mm-hmm. looks as good as it is because it's got lots of nice little detail and elements on it, but it's not, it's not cramming it out the wazoo, you know? No,
2: are you forking out for 19 inches of venom? <laughs> <laughs> well, am I not? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm every all day, every day long, but, um, at the same time, I, those costumes put me off the fancy edition. Cause I was just like, I, I remember thinking playing through 2018's one and obviously Miles Morales that I was like, you've kind of, for me, the more mainstream Spidey fan or whatever, like I am a big Spider-Man fan. Um, I felt like they've included everything that I would ever want to see your unlock and obviously you're going to get all that again and so I'm not that bothered about the extra that
3: I really have wanted, my favourite Spider-Man costume of all time is the Ben Riley Spider-Man suit, that's not the Scarlet Spider one, it's the suit right. that he wore when he replaced Peter Parker as Spider-Man and it's basically like the advanced suit but instead mm. sort of the white symbol it was like a big kind of like black spider that went all around mm-hmm. and I know they've already shown off the superior Spider-Man suit, there's also there are definitely some things that are on my wish list for a while that they are including here, um, which I'm looking forward to, but I think the thing that's going to get us all with this game again that maybe everyone's forgetting is that it's going to probably make us cry. The the emotional Ooh. beats they are swinging for with this, with Harry, with Miles, what they've teased here. There was some spoilerific stuff that I won't go into here mm-hmm. that was brought up in the PlayStation blog for mm-hmm. their write-up. Um, Yeah, I, I have a feeling this is going to take us to... To, to sad town yet
2: again. <laughs> I like that they're, how confident they are with their own take on the character. Like, I love... I guess we'll not even do spoilers for the 2018 one, because if you haven't played that, you obviously really should. But that game carves itself out as, with some major decisions in regards to the characters and everything, which I know is vague. But um, for this one, you know they're already out there saying Venom isn't Harry or whatever. Or they said something like Venom's not who you think it is or something like that.
3: I think I know what they're going for okay. with this, but I will hold my t- my big Venom-sized tongue in case of, <laughs> All 19 uh, inches of actual- it. Put it He's away you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm. I think narratively, they are in tune with the character. And it's mm. just interesting, like not to make this about me, but it. it's kind of fun how when the first game came out, they have Peter as a young 20 something who is navigating a new job out of just coming out of uni, which <laughs> at the time was kind of what I was doing. I was 23 when he was 23. Mm-hmm. And now with the new one, it's like, well, he's dealing with the passing of a loved one and like also dealing with a new chapter of his yeah, life actually, and going yeah. to new responsibilities and stuff. It's just weird how that sort of stuff aligns. I again, I, I like having an older, Peter Parker. Same. Because like, we grew up with the 90s show. Yes. You know, with the...
2: It's the best one. Which is the best, best riff, Best riff, like, Yeah, best depiction, best yeah. version of that character.
3: Yeah, and I mean, I, I love the Ultimate Spider-Man comics where Peter Parker is a teen as well, but I think I've had enough teenage Peter Parker to last me a while. Let's go back to the adult stuff, which is what, you know, we're getting here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also glad that all of their wardrobe is good now because the fashion mm-hmm. choices in the first Spider-Man game... It's very weird, but now they all have good drip, Scott. <laughs>
2: Look, all of my entire, my wardrobe is like when Dexter from Dexter's Lab opens his wardrobe, and they're all just Metallica band shits. So I, don't, I can't possibly comment on someone else's drip or lack of drip. But yeah, Spider-Man 2 um, shaping up pretty well. I'm specifically staying away from everything. Like I, uh, I'll i watch the teasers if they're part of a state of play thing, but I haven't read anything else. Um, So I'm just kind of going into it. This isn't informed by anything I've read online, but I think Venom is, is Peter Parker. That's my hope. I'm um, nodding vigorously. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of I'm hoping that's the case, Be- only because in that um, the teaser before last, he said there was that stupid cringe Spider-Man three style line about having teeth.
3: They're gonna change the world. <laughs> I think honestly, I could go into it right now as mm. to why I think this happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could
2: not um, right now. No, okay. we'll do we'll do some sort of Spider-Man <laughs> uh, the chat because I got we got, my
3: theories. You got to keep those the cork theories. Ball with the string is right behind,
2: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> pointing at all the different parts of it, and we still got another month and a bit before this comes out, October twentieth, and. Um, so one month and two days. Um, but what else is going on in the industry? Um, we've had Unity walking back their controversial runtime fee wah, from wah. The last week. Um, so if you didn't keep up with this, uh, this is one of the major, uh, let's say, game engine companies in the industry. You've got you've heard of the Unreal Engine, you might have heard of Unity as well. Unity tried to roll out this thing called the runtime fee where they were going to charge developers every time a customer installed their game. Um, so immediately there was an overnight backlash Just and it didn't initially account for the idea of deleting the game and reinstalling it, which could have become a whole new version By the little of little stinkers out there yeah all the little stinkers it would have you know, become some new version of review bombing install bombing or whatever the hell it is I think that's what they actually referred to it as later on anyway Um, But yeah, so obviously there was a whole backlash about um, charging the developers just to play uh, play their games. Um, Unity last week, this happened on Tuesday, came out and said, look, we're not going to let it happen where you could reinstall the game over and over again. We've got it covered. But they still stuck to the idea of a fee based on installation, which again, um, you know, their stock tanked. It recovered to about half of what it was before, but they took a major hit. Um, Now, because that controversy hasn't really abated for almost a solid week now, um, they've just done a full-on apology.
3: Can you do your best YouTube influencer apology? voice for this. Well, like, um, like guys, that, was that?
2: that girl that had the little, little strummer thing. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they were apologizing for the runtime fee. Um, and this was posted. I keep wanting to say tweeted. I haven't accepted the reality of X, but no. they, uh, they put a tweet out on Twitter, um, apologizing for this. So they said, guys, We've heard you. We apologize for the confusion and angst the runtime fee policy we announced on Tuesday has caused. We are listening, talking to our team members, community customers, and partners, and we'll be making changes to the policy. Thank you for your honest and critical feedback. Oh,
3: my God, I feel like such a valued consumer
2: right now, Scott. <laughs> I, for one, will be continuing to develop my game on uni. Um, that's the whole thing, though, is that the damage has likely been done to this because... Well, it's weird, right? Because you have a lot of developers who flagged across the last week that they are multiple years into development. They are kind of locked into the deals that were set in place when they started making the contract with Unity. You have other people like Massive Monster who make Cult of the Lamb joking, semi-joking, that they would just delete their game in January because they don't want to be any part of this, um, the way that this fee's rolled out. Unity right now are obviously like apologizing and uh, somewhat walking it back. We apologize for the confusion and angst. Um, they haven't really said, we're not doing it. They just said, we're listening, talking to our team members and everything else. Um, this just feels like a big old cash grab because Unity has such a big portion of the market, um, and they want to try and cash in as much as possible. It's
3: like, if you were an indie developer working with Unity right now, uh, even with this apology, I would be moving to something like an Unreal because mm. it's just—it it trust. It mm-hmm. sets a new precedent. They've not actually explicitly said that you know they're they're reversing everything back. So you know, even if they are, who's to say that they won't just do it again in the future when yeah. maybe like there's less heat or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, it, I think you've you've uh, that could have very damaging long term implications for Unity as an engine because Mm. if you're basically changing the terms of usage uh, and you've already had that much of a stink cause and you're still kind of like figuring out how to respond that isn't just, oh, we are not going to do this anymore. I would just be looking at alternatives at that yeah.
2: point. It's a, it's a weird I mean I d I don't know that much about, obviously I'm not that much about the coding side of it, but it is kind of fascinating seeing companies like Unity attempt to sort of navigate that terrain when Unreal Five is the is the big buzzword thing for the new generation and the Unreal Five demos that have been doing the rounds. Um with all the those little um I forget the name of the modeling tech, but there's a new way that they sort of render backgrounds that's uh, hyper-detail looks very realistic. And you've also got a lot of the um, console manufacturers or third parties have their own engines at this point, like Snowdrop is mentioned quite a lot in regards to Ubisoft, like EA have the uh, Frostbite engine. Like, everyone's kind of moving away from the idea of just Unreal and Unity, so they're one of the only two indie pillars left. And then to get this so wrong, um, and to still not fully walk it back, like, I mean, I I guess we'll see what happens in the next few days. Um, they said they'll have an update in the next few days, but um, it's just about, I don't know, I mean, how do get that far. Like it's such a <laughs> terrible move. Everyone would have been telling them this is not going to work at all. We There's went, always someone pushing it through. We went through.
3: into it on the news video didn't we? Yes. It's like it's, it's clearly a decision made by someone who doesn't understand video games. It's like a, you know, a business type who is there to <laughs> business and they've business too hard and now they don't know what they've done.
2: I do find that like um, it's like you have or we have a lot of people have this cartoonish idea of the evil business person but they're only proven right. Like it happens every sort of couple of months. Like I mean Cyberpunk's back in the news because obviously the Phantom Liberty DLC is out um in like a week or so um but that game's getting you know it's overhaul patch like cyberpunk 2.0 kind
1: of thing life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans
2: And um, when that game was being detailed over on Kotaku, all the behind the scenes stuff, um, about the dude, Adam Badowski, who was like, no, everyone's going to love the game. Overhaul what you have. Um, and the idea that there was originally this third-person Witcher 3 star thing, and he was like, nope, Keanu Reeves wants to be in it. Let's reframe the whole story around him. Let's make it first-person, um, and let's just change everything. There's always just someone, like you said, doing a business, like just doing do the most businessy business thing they could do. Um, and it always goes wrong. It's very rare that it goes right. I can't think of a single instance, especially in modern gaming history, um, where things are more sort of um, spotlighted and, and, and found out, where someone's gone, let's do the naked business thing, and they get away with it. It nearly Mm -hmm. always goes sideways. Um, which is a good segue, unless you have something to add to the project that business works. Business, mate. It's, it's uh, business all the, all the all year round. Um, because EA's Wild Hearts is apparently already dead after seven months, and that game only launched at the very beginning of this year. It was, oh, it is for now, um, EA's attempt at blending Fortnite with Monster Hunter. And um, then do you remember the gameplay footage for it?
3: I'm literally doing my best Jimon Honsu impression from <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy right now. When you said Wild Hearts, I went, who <laughs>
2: Well, <laughs> that was the thing. It's very endemic of the fact that it didn't take off whatsoever. Um, and as yet another live service game on the pile. Um, but yeah, this thing, gameplay-wise, I guess looked promising enough. It was like an old-school, ancient Japanese kind of game, um, or, or East, um, ancient Eastern kind of influences kind of game. But taking Fortnite's building mechanics and blending them with the idea of Horizon slash Monster Hunter, big creatures, take them down, get the get the components, um, but you could build your way towards um, taking them down and everything. Just, I didn't see a single person play this. Uh, the only thing that I saw back when it came out was that the player numbers were so disastrously low, like in the hundreds. Um, kind of same with Immortals of Avium. That thing apparently peaked at 700 players. So EA's not not making some great moves when it comes to trying to do stuff that would work for a mass audience. Um, but yeah, a report from Insider Gaming um, writing up some posts over on Reddit um, says that this game is already winding down, Um, which, does it surprise you at not this point?
3: particularly. <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like we've gotten a bunch of those Fortnite art style kind of games that have mm. come out recently. And correct me if I'm wrong, none of them have really resonated no. that much. And I wonder if like Fortnite now has the Fortnite style completely like Locked down, mm. and then people see these imitators, and they're like, well, you're clearly trying to tap into that kind of quirky, cartoony aesthetic, and mm. it's just not gonna hit
2: me. It reminds way. me of when um, Overwatch was dominating in 2016, and it was like yes. there were so many hero shooters that tried to take its crown, and they just couldn't do it. Which is ironic or hilarious because even Overwatch Two couldn't do it. They were they couldn't make that <sighs> lightning strike twice. God,
3: that's the most unnecessary. That, that oh
2: man. they're trying to do something after they announced it uh, so many years ago but um but yeah for me the live service stuff like i i just feel like like i said um Fortnite is the new Overwatch. It just needs to be that... It just needs to be accepted that you can't do it. There's no one's come close. Everyone that keeps trying to live service their games has failed. Uh, Mortal Kombat's interesting because Mortal Kombat 1 has a lot of live service elements in it. And the way the story goes very much segues into the live service component, which is something that I'm still... Jury's kind of out on. I'm like, because it's Ed Boon and because it's NetherRealm and because there's a lot of like love and care in that IP overall. I hope they can pull it off. But the overall, the invasions mode, um, that has so much potential to just go sideways. Mm. And the game does have premium currency and does have rotating storefronts and everything. Right now, as I play it, like, I finished the story mode in like two sayings. Um, I'm loving it, but it's one of those things where you can see the Warner Brothers tendrils because the WB, like they they're double, public enemy double, number double, one. Double. They just kind of, for, for a WB, a W named company, they cannot stop catching L's for the amount of stuff they keep doing wrong. And I think think, like I said, you can kind of feel the tendrils getting in there a little bit. Obviously, the history of Mortal Kombat 12, um, or now Mortal Kombat 1, was crossed over with Injustice 3, and it was they were sort of told, you know, prioritize this, and at least that was the rumors, that was the leaks and stuff, that they could have done Injustice, but they were told to do Mortal Kombat instead. And to my perspective, I think they want to get as much money back as possible. And it's like, let's monetize the living F out of Mortal Kombat, because yeah. it's like positively received in a sea of otherwise quite sour stuff.
3: That wouldn't surprise me. I just, Realm is the one non-dysfunctional gla- like gleaming <laughs> gem in Warner Brothers kind of arsenal at the mm-hmm. minute. Every other thing, whether it's Suicide Squad being delayed for ages or, you know, how long it took to get Gotham Knights out or whatever, and then obviously you have the, the the fallout of Shadow of War from mm. years back. Mm-hmm. It just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I he killed surpri- that thing. Dares. It wouldn't be surprising to me if they're literally like, well, we need you guys to really, you know, come on the clock stick and come on this Lou Bega promotion for the tsunami kids, WB snow jam is going to pay for itself. I need you to get on this.
2: It's just, um, yeah, it's one of those things where you, it's just so naked. Like I said, it's so cartoonish. You see the, the naked live service chasing dollar. Um, and it only keeps failing. I, I, mean, I only mentioned Mortal Kombat because it has the, the potential to have lots of overpriced stuff or lots of uh, premium currency stuff. I think they learned the lesson from MK11, uh, when they brought in all the easy fatality stuff or they capitalized on it, it was in mk10 um but overall wild hearts is another one on the pile um alongside babylon's fall or assumedly alongside the suicide squad game I, it'll be a miracle if they pull that back around
3: that could be gearing up to be the biggest disaster of next year
2: it'll i mean it, like right now complete honesty i i don't see it working at all i think it's no. gonna be it'll be another one of these it'll be i'll be amazed if it lasts a year mm. Because my gut feeling was always that Suicide Squad wasn't it in any form anyway. Mm-hmm. It was always DC going like, got into the galaxy's big, what have we got? Okay, mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. I just don't see it.
3: Yeah, I I fear. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel nothing but fear. Yep. Um, but we'll see how that stuff shakes out. Um, I guess a year from now we'll know. Maybe they will be able to... Re- I can just literally copy and paste this and replace the world's wild hearts with Suicide Squad. <laughs> and see, if, see what happens. Um, but let's do something positive, which is the Titanfall 2 is back. Woo, back Titanfall baby. 2 swinging in on the grappling hook itself. This is after seven years of matchmaking issues and fluctuating player base numbers. EA slash Respawn have put out a new patch that's overhauled the game. Um, now, I love Titanfall 2. I've played it a hell of a lot. I would... I literally... Think it is the best first-person shooter ever made. I'll just put that down. Like I, uh, I'll just put that on the table. I, uh, I loved every single thing about Titanfall Two, and I think it's the kinetic feel to the multiplayer, the wall running, the grappling hooks, the way you build your character, and the loadouts and everything. It was just so good. It was so crispy, perfect, and I loved it. However, um, I always thought that it was the player-based numbers being lower that meant I wasn't matchmaking. I didn't realize it was a a coding issue, a netcode issue, and that was why apparently multiple platforms were struggling. Um, I always thought Titanfall 2 was the victim of that release schedule in between Battlefield and Call of Duty. But now that it's been fixed, people are reporting across Steam and PlayStation and Xbox that matchmaking is instant. And uh, there's more to this in terms of overall Titanfall stuff. Yeah. Thoughts, Ewan? Uh, yeah, I mean,
3: I think it partially was what you said there. There was that playbase issue. I know in the months following the game's release, uh, there was huge, huge hacking problems, especially mm. on the PC side of things where mm. you basically couldn't get in because cheaters were ruining everything. There was like DDoS attacks against like EA servers that basically rendered Titanfall 2 unplayable for years mm-hmm. um, so and there was like private server campaigns that people basically put together to get it mm. playable and working on PC so the fact that this has finally been fixed after so long um, it's a huge relief because that mm. game is fantastic and the multiplayer And we talk about the single player for Titanfall 2 all the time because it is a fantastic single player Mm -hmm. campaign. If you want a reason why Respawn, one of the best devs working right now in, in terms of level design, like the stuff that they pull off with the sense of movement, shooting everything, incorporating the Titan is incredible. Yeah, yeah. But the multiplayer itself, it translates so well. You know, so much great meta narrative potential there where like you go through like, onto the map, and then you steal another Titan's, like, battery, and then mm. you take that and you put it in your Titan, and then you got to, like, get... Someone hijacks you, and you've got to eject and blow things up. It is just fantastic. I'm, I'm glad that things seem to be looking back up for that game again because even if you've... Whether you're revisiting it or you haven't played it yet, like go and experience this because it would be Mm -hmm. a huge shame for people who never got to play Titanfall 2 in 2016 to actually now get the chance to play it. I think it's on sale on Steam at the minute. It's nearly always on sale anyway. 25,000 players were playing it like over the weekend. So Titanfall 2, Titanfall 2 comeback is on, baby. I hope
2: so. I mean, I'll throw in here that um, alongside this, a, a set of numbers over in Apex Legends, a set of coded numbers have been decoded to reveal release dates for Titanfall 1, 2 and Apex Legends so fans think that why are they telling us about release dates if we're not going to be teasing Titanfall 3 in the future. Apparently Respawn were 10 months across development, into development, um, when they, you know, the games didn't go forward, EA weren't a fan of it at the time or whatever but the plan was always to do a Titanfall 3. Obviously, like we've just said, the general reaction to Titanfall 2 was extremely positive when people actually got to play it. So there is a groundswell there of like, oh my god, just do the next one and take full advantage of the new consoles.
3: I'm curious to see how much of Apex Legends player base would k- plug into a third Titanfall game. Because mm. obviously it's set. In the same universe mm-hmm. um because i again i tried apex legends like i think the gunplay is fantastic yep. but like i'm not a battle royale same. guy i can't get away with it um so but maybe apex Legends' success maybe they maybe they to sell it to ea Is in well even if this fraction the player base comes across you know i think there's like half a million people still playing mm. apex legends on pc mm-hmm. uh, if they're able to even get a fraction of that audience across for titanfall 3 Maybe that would justify it numbers wise. I would just I would I would be so chuffed to have another one of those games. Mm -hmm. Just go bigger, better. Just wanna mech mech fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Give me mech fun. I feel like um, this is really, it it just proves that the live service model, the general business approach the Wild Hearts has where you launch with premium currencies and loot boxes and that that whole here's a whole platform guys and you haven't earned the time first. Like you could put in, I don't want them to, but you could put in some sort of monetization element in Titanfall 2 and make it free to play and it would be a really solid live service game because it's earned its stripes first and it's like that's what they need to do a lot more of. i'm totally
3: not against premium currencies and premium cosmetics and games that are free to play because dlc has to get made somehow yeah. they got to keep the lights on somehow mm-hmm. so as long as it's not impacting things gameplay wise and there are still opportunities to acquire fun cosmetic stuff without buying it then that's that's chill with me mm-hmm. um i think that i'd be totally fine with titanfall 2 going mm-hmm. free to play and having that aspect to it but i wouldn't want to lose that at the uh expense of a single player campaign because i would no. love to have more of that that lore and and go back into that and move away from the irreverence of Apex Legends. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was the thing I always hoped, and I, I'm hoping this is true. I guess we'll see if they do announce a Titanfall 3. But it has kind of paid off anyway in terms of the player numbers. I always hoped when they announced Apex, because that when that launched, it was that overnight success. Oh, my God, it's killing Fortnite. It's killing players on Battlegrounds and everything else. Um, I always hoped that because they said it was in the Titanfall universe, I was like, okay, you do this, you place your bets on the Battle Royale thing, you stimmy your whole player base and you um, tap into what the Keeds want to play and you bring them back across into Titanfall and maybe this was the master plan all along. <laughs> um, I don't know and I don't know how many of the Respawn staff have been there the whole time. Like Jason West is still there um, and it's like you have some of these people that came across from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's why Titanfall plays so well and I just hope they kind of know the industry well enough to be able to plan that much in advance it's
3: such a dream because you could really have like obviously overwatch was huge for years and it's kind of just completely fizzled away mm-hmm. now that you you do something like overwatch obviously not make it a hero shooter you have apex for the hero mm-hmm. aspect but you have that kind of free-to-play platform to plug in where everyone can jump in and then you can make your own pilot and you make your mm-hmm. own mech and you go in and you do all these different game modes and stuff it it, it could be like a a huge success i think my mm-hmm. throat and my voice is killing out at the, the thought of the possibilities
2: of <laughs> what could occur give your entire biological being over to titanfall 2 yeah if you've not played titanfall 2 obviously for me and you we'll just say so we're not sponsored by it we never have been but i love that game I'm so much
3: paid for by titanfall 2
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a perfect perfect game um i'll tell you what's not a perfect perfect game is another live service thing that's dying at the end of the month um september 30th is when marvel's avengers will be shut down forever apparently you can still play the offline modes i'm mentioning it because it's doing the rounds in. Various sort of deal, sales stuff that's happening across this next couple of weeks. Um, it's four pounds, Ewan. Do you
3: want to it's Avengers with four pounds? Such a shame because I feel like we both agreed gameplay wise. Like the way the heroes played in that game mm. was really good. Hulk felt weighty and uh, to, to, a, a, I was say to a point. Yeah. To a point. Like I think Captain America was fun to play. Like I enjoyed the actual hero gameplay of that game. Mm. It was just trapped in the most stupid like like, oh, here, we're going to make an Avengers game. And we're not confident enough to separate it from the MCU entirely, so we're going to lean into MCU aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have the most boring mechanic, like, enemies for you to (laughs) fight. Like, I I don't mind AIM. Love me a bit of AIM from Marvel Comics. But you can't make an entire Avengers game about beating up robots (laughs) and drones. Like, you need to have more of, like, a threat to it. And Mm -hmm. it just... It's a shame that it, it's it's panned out this way because I feel like I was willing... That was the moment for live service for me. Of, if live service was going to work, it was going to be Marvel's Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just so repetitive and, and glitchy and, and, and also money grubby. And it's just... It's a shame that it panned out that way. It's
2: very, um, obviously, with Square Enix on the publishing side of it, it was just like we've given, it was like the EA thing. Like you give them the Star Wars IP in 2013, and they milked the living F out of it and largely killed themselves over it. And it took 10 years for us to get, um, or a lot of years, I guess five years and then longer, to get Fallen Order and to get Jedi Survivor and to get a a better version of Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2. And so, like, in this case, you give Square Enix the keys to Marvel, and they went, okay, character-specific battle passes, multiple premium currencies, um, let's have it so that all the, the main mission design is ostensibly a live service thing with, like, different hubs and vendors and merchants and everything. It just felt horrible to go through. Um, I agree with you that some of the feel of those characters was great. I just hated hated that they didn't have any differentiation. Like, why did Hulk have a ranged attack? Like, everyone had the same moves, because they had to make everybody fit to the same levels, and it just didn't feel um, differentiable to go between those characters. And they took forever to put Spider-Man out, and then the... The Spidey stuff was just kind of lame anyway.
3: Oh, that was because of all the, de- the, the glitches and stuff. I, I believe that development was impacted by the California wildfires. Mm. That obviously didn't put it on the best front, right. front- when it came out in 2020. Uh, I think so, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know.
2: Because they tried, they've shame. like, they pivoted into a free to play model. It still didn't work. They did a few free to play weekends. It was on PlayStation Plus. I don't know if it had a stint on Game Pass, but they, they got it in front of people um, and it just did not catch on. And it's like I said, you have that pile of live service bodies and the Avengers is should have been a dead cert
3: probably doesn't help that we've gotten bad mcu fatigue and burnout in True. recent years as well and when you've based i mean i know it's not explicitly it's not an mcu game but aesthetically they leaned into that entire thing they used the lineup from the 2012 avengers movie as mm. well which again i it just it, where, compare that to insomniac which was brave enough to lean in and make their own version of mm. spider-man rocksteady who made their own version of batman and you have this which is trying to ride the coattails or something it's just a bit cynical for me like oh yeah. yeah like it's uh
2: just a shame. It just—it was one of those things that, like, that, like I said, the timing was all wrong. It isn't helped by the the weird, like, lull the MCU's in that it doesn't seem to be pulling itself out of either. Um, but yeah, just the way that it felt to interact with the, the menu-based systems, the fact that story was just a precursor to the live service stuff. Um, just that whole infinite content model, which, like I said, it, it almost no one can get that right.
3: There is a version of that game that is live service that is way better than the one we got. Yeah. Like, if you leaned into like some like a Secret Wars event with like inspired by Jonathan Hickman's comics, where you have like cross dimensional rifts and you've got mm. like multiverse versions of like heroes and villains, and you go into battle world and you're fighting characters like Doctor Doom, people characters people <laughs> care about like Doctor Doom. Well, do
2: you or like when, um, whatever before it was coming out and it was like that would have been 2018, 2019. And um, one of the early pitches for that game was like, yeah, live service elements and the idea of you know you sort of um, get told that, hey, you know, uh, Galactus is ravaging New York, beam into the New York yes. level and join everybody and fight and that, and that kind of thing. Just assumptions based on raid bosses, based on live service stuff that they didn't do anything with. They sort of tried to straddle that line of like a really. Meaty... Do you want
3: to go to the docks in New York and fight <laughs> some robots again?
2: The same set and the same place over and over like, again.
3: Literally, like that was the, that's a really good point. Most of the settings in that game, like if you look at something like Marvel Ultimate. Alliance or X-Men mm. Legends. You're going all across the Marvel Universe. You're going to places like Asgard, Genosha, mm. like iconic Marvel locations. Marvel's Avengers, I think they did do some Asgard stuff eventually, yeah. I think. I'm blank. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. That, well, that story ends and on... And they had Joe's Wakanda
3: as well, obviously. Mm. They had the big Wakanda expansion. But apart from that, the first six months to a year of that game was just, here is a forest, here is a, <laughs> here is a bit of a city, and here are some halls, yeah. which is like Come on, man. Like, you're working with, like, the architect. The the DNA of Jack Kirby is running in the source materials veins, and that's what you're coming up
2: with. Mm Yeah, just thoroughly, th- <laughs> it's just kind of nuts that like the timeframes of these games are getting less and less. Like obviously, like you said, Avengers launched in 2020. So we've got three years-ish that it was at least active. Um, Wild Hearts, like I mentioned before, seven months. Like Babylon's fall, like that was last year. I think that barely lasted about three months before Square Enix were like, it's not good enough. We're just going to can it. Um, you would hope someone learns from this, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, for now though, this has been the windup. I've been Scott Tilford. that's been you and Patterson. I have been doing Patterson. Yeah, all 19 <laughs> inches of him. And uh, we might have him back next week. I'll see who else I can rustle up. But for now, thank you all very much for listening. And we'll catch you very soon. Goodbye. Bye.
1: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that.
3: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.